Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. If you talk to many of the seminarians who are studying for the Catholic priesthood, I think you'll hear from them the powerful intercession of Mary and the example that she has played in their life as they've responded to God's call to a vocation. And right now, I am speaking with Mario from Array of Hope Ministries, and they have a new documentary out called Vocation, which really is uh, introducing people to really the life of the seminary, how people ex how people explore their vocation and answer that call in the process, you know, being ordained and what it means to live as a priest in the world today. So Array of Hope put out this beautiful documentary on priestly vocations, and I'm grateful to have this conversation today. So thanks so much for joining me. Oh, my pleasure, Father. Great to see you. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm a little familiar with Array of Hope, but I'm not all that familiar. Like, I've heard of it, but I don't necessarily know uh, all that much about your organization. So could you maybe just fill us in about the background mm -hmm. about your ministry? Sure. Well, Array of Hope is uh, really, it's a multimedia organization. We evangelize through the culture, to the culture, through multimedia concerts, films, retreats, music, uh, in a way uh, that really, we, we try to make things exciting and relevant to what people are accustomed to receiving content through. Uh, and uh, really, you know, the, the message is over 2000 years old, but the deliverable is a little different. And uh, that's what Array of Hope does. So we started out as a live event organization with just doing music concerts and, and creating a, a, a tapestry of film behind us. And then we evolved in creating films for Catholic television. And then we evolved in creating our own music and producing that and releasing it. And then we evolved into also doing podcasts. So anything that has to do with media as a deliverable, that's what we do. Uh, and uh, it's distinctly Catholic. And you guys are based primarily out of New York. Uh, is that right? Somewhere out there on the East Coast? Somewhere out there on the East Coast. Yes, we're in New Jersey, uh, uh, near New York, uh, but we're a national apostolate. We travel all over the country. Our content is shared actually all over the world and our live events, our concerts and our retreats are all over the country. Uh, and we actually even are involved in something called um, a program called Behold, which aligned itself to the Eucharistic revival that is in, in session right now uh, that was launched by the USCCB. So we're, we're, we're all over the country. So you live out in the New York, New Jersey area. Do. Uh, I'm in Wisconsin, lifelong Packer hey. fan. I'm wondering, ah. are you a Jets fan or are you a Giants fan or a Bills fan? What, what's your sports team? Um, well, uh, Giants. Uh, I follow the Giants, uh, not so much the Jets, although I, I am sympathetic to their season not being yeah. uh, as exciting as we anticipated it to be. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not a Bills fan. I don't really follow the Bills. So you mentioned uh, that your organization, Array of Hope, really yeah. started as multimedia, concerts, all these different things. Yeah. Uh, so vocation, a documentary, that's one of your projects. What are some of the other projects before we talk about vocation uh, that yeah. you guys have done? Well, uh, let me uh, let me share with you our, our film division. So we started creating films uh, over many, many years. And when COVID hit, uh, we were inspired uh, to create a platform that allowed us to continue 
our live events when we weren't able to perform live in front of people. So we created a virtual platform, a virtual uh, stage, a virtual uh, really um, uh, space where people can experience events. Uh, and that was the beginning of creating the Array of Hope channel and app. So, um, and, and through that, we we put all our films on our channel and our app. And uh, we started that uh, last year, last February, and we have just a little over 500 films. Uh, so we have uh, uh, people that have contributed films like the Knights of Columbus and other content creators have contributed to our channel. And we create a lot of our films on our channel and we have Catholic series and we have our music videos and our behind the scenes content. And Vocation came up about a year ago. Um, one uh, one of our priests that we work with, uh, Father Richard Carlton uh, from the Diocese of Patterson, had shared with us that, you know, vocations are down and it's important that, uh, you know, people uh, uh, understand the importance of the priesthood. And he started sharing it with it uh, with us, with some of our team members here. And, and he says, you guys should do a film on vocation. And I thought about and discerned about it and I says, you know, you're right. I mean, it's so important. It's the bloodline to uh, receiving the, you know, the sacraments without priests, we can't receive the sacraments. There's no church. So, um, and that was the beginning of it. And uh, so uh, in answer to your question, there's a multiple of projects that we produce and, and vocation was one of them uh, that we started a well over a year ago. Yeah. So you mentioned it's a platform, there's an app, do people yeah. pay the app? Is that how they uh, yeah. access it? Is it kind of like hallow in a sense, you know, you pay a fee and a month, a yearly fee, and then you have access to all the material. Yeah, I mean, the, the closest I could describe it is like it's a it's like a Catholic Netflix, uh, something comparable might be um, uh, uh, Saint Augustus, um, the, the formed platform. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The form platform, but it is free. A lot of our content is free. The okay. app is free. You could download it on, uh, you know, Roku, Apple TV, or on your phone. Uh, you do have to register it and, and subscribe online on the desktop, and it's very easy. All you have to do is uh, search "Array of Hope" uh, on Google, and you'd see the Array of Hope channel. Just click on it; it'll bring you into the platform, and you just uh, sign up. And it, it's very simple. We do have a premium area. But most of the stuff is free and vocation is absolutely free to film. Well, that's wonderful. And so as you filmed and had your film crew doing vocation, uh, yeah. what were some of the what what were some of the things you wanted to for sure feature in uh, the 25, 30 minute documentary that you guys did? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this film was uh, brilliantly uh, edited and produced uh, by Ryan Dever, one of our producers here in house. And we didn't know what, it was going to be like. So we profiled several men that were discerning, several men that were in seminary, and several men that were existing priests. Um, and we just started talking to them. And what unfolded was really uh, interesting in, in that the sense that um, uh, we found uh, some of the difficulties that men are, that hero calling today have, uh, one of which might be within their own families, discouragement, uh, given the the reality of what's going on in the Catholic Church, a lot of people will say to people that are discerning or hearing a calling, say, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to become a priest? You know, and so we 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 talked about that and we shared about that and and why men um you know have this desire to grow closer to Christ and then to serve his church. Uh, and it was beautiful because I have to say the young men that are coming up uh, through discernment and going into seminary and even being ordained priests 
today are really strong, powerful, faith-filled men. Uh, otherwise, why would they do it, right? Why would they want to, uh, amidst all the adversity that they receive and, and discouragement, and, and and we share that discouragement. You know, sometimes it comes within you know close friends and family and and um, people, even sometimes within the church, which is really disheartening. Um, and we share that. I mean, it, it, we feel that the film is sort of like shoot from the hip, shoot from the hip in, in a way that it really reveals the uh, the sincerity of men that are really thinking about it. And one of the things that we shared, and Father, you can relate to this, is that I'm sure you were in seminary with men that never became priests, right? And we share that, you know what, just because you hear just because you hear a calling at this moment in your life doesn't necessarily mean that that calling is going to be fulfilled, you know, at, at what, and after seminary, right. You, there is an opportunity that God calls men to, uh, to it, really it, it's part of their journey, part of their plan. And we reveal that some of the men that heard the calling discerned out and became very faithful leaders in, in business and, and, and fathers and husbands, uh, and use that formation, uh, really to be a beacon of light and an instrument within the vocation that they chose, which is a father or a, a husband or or whatever walks of life that they choose. So we shared those things that were revealed in the film because we found them to be powerful and uh, disarming to people that feel that just because you're going into seminary doesn't necessarily mean that you become a priest. We want you to become a priest, of course, but there's other reasons that God have has in mind, right? It's sort of like you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? God might have a different plan for you, and this is part of your journey. Yeah, when I was in the seminary, there was always kind of the phrase that that so-and-so discerned out of the seminary, and that could happen on their own part, that, you know, my friend, let's say his name's John, and so John right. discerns out of the seminary, just realize, you know, I think God's calling me to marriage, uh, right. that's the vocational path I should follow. I, I realize that maybe my gifts wouldn't be fully utilized as a priest or whatever. So they kind of through their own prayerful discernment conversation with their spiritual director, they discern out. There's right. another aspect of discernment too, and that's the church discerns. So not only do you as an individual discern, but then the seminary discerns in the name of the church, the bishop and the vocation director discern in the name of the church. So it's possible that, you know, one of those entities or uh, people, they, they might make the decision and say, you know what, we don't think that Holy Mother Church is calling you to ordain ministry. And mm -hmm. so the church discerns you out of the seminary. And, and I know guys like that, that weren't advanced beyond, you know, the next year that the, the seminary said, ah, I think you should hold hold it, hold your horses, maybe, and not pursue this right now. So So you do see that. So hopefully when you get to ordination day, well, then you can say, well, I've discerned this and the church has discerned this and it seems that it's in unison Then that this is the holy will of God. And and mm -hmm. then as one carries out their life as a priest and ministry, we see how God is using that and how God is fulfilling uh, that calling that he, he gave and affirmed uh, through ordination of the priesthood. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's great. Yeah, so uh, I want to talk a little more about the discouragement, just because that was something that, as I watched, I, I wrote that down specifically to talk about. And you mentioned it comes from family. So uh, I'm willing to bet, for example, I'm an only child. Uh, my mother, I don't think, was too gung-ho about me being a priest. Uh, and so I think sometimes for a person in my situation, uh, it's kind of the the mourning over the fact, oh, you won't have grandchildren 
Uh, yeah. In my case, the family name will, uh, at least our branch of it will fade away, uh, you know, as a priest. So, so that could yeah. be it. Um, well, well, what are some of the other reasons why someone might discourage uh, a priestly vocation? Well, I think some of the things that men hear is that, you know, uh, well, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to give up your life to to an entity, a church, a God that maybe is not relevant in the culture or in their minds they feel is not relevant, right? Or why would you want to, sometimes a lot of these men here, why would you want to waste your life at that? And don't you want to become a husband or a father? And 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 men will often say, yes, yes, I would like that too, but that's... There's something, there's a higher calling that I receive. And what was really beautiful is the response of one of the mothers of uh, of the of uh, someone in seminary. And she was proposed this question. She says, you know, don't you feel bad that you're not going to be a grandmother and not have any grandkids? And she says, well, you know what? I don't think of it that way because I'm going to think of my son as going to be a father to hundreds of men and women and children. So I'm going to have hundreds of grandchildren, you know, and, and she kind of shifted the paradigm, right? She kind of shifted the perception and, and she had the right, you know, viewpoint. She had the right s uh, sentiment that, you know what, your, your, your son is doing something really, really beautiful and powerful that he is going to be a father, but it's going to be in a different way that, that maybe you're not seeing, or maybe you're not, you're not understanding. So, you know, in answer to your question, you know, there's a lot of discouragement. I think one of them that we shared with you is that discouragement that, you know, the church, you know, whether we like it or not, is in crisis. And there's a lot of uh, scandal within the church that have discouraged men and families to say, don't go into that mess. And I, I think what I share with you early on in this interview is that, you know, the men that are you know, going into becoming uh, priests and wanting to become priests and hear the hear the call and, and go into seminary are really men that have really discerned, I think, a little bit even more deeply than men have in the past because there have been a lot of setbacks. There's been a lot of obstacles in the way that they really needed to make sure that this is what they're hearing the Lord say to them. And um, in that way, I think it's weeded out some really, you know, uh, potential bad priests that, you know, you're really getting strong men that say, you know what, I don't care because it is the true church. It is the church that Christ founded. And I want to, you know, I want to serve that church, you know? Um, so. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things with the program for the priest for priestly formation, uh, one of the things that has changed is that they've added what's called like a propedeutic year, big fancy word, uh, and so it kind of elongates the seminary formation process, but it's basically an intentional year where the man who wants to go to the seminary kind of lives in a community, isn't necessarily in the seminary per se, they're being formed, and it's kind of like this spiritual formation year hmm. to really bring them to a point to say, yes, I want to go on to study to be a priest. And Wow, and, and what I've noticed or what I've heard from vocation directors is that this propedeutic year is actually helping, you know, uh, to wean some of the guys out that maybe would go to seminary for one or two years. And then they'd be like, oh, I don't want to do this. So, well, they're coming to that conclusion a little quicker then because of the propedeutic year. And, you mm. know, every diocese sees this where, uh, unfortunately, a guy gets ordained and maybe four or five years, six years later, he says, 
I don't know if I'm called to this. So he steps out of ministry, takes a leave of absence. And, um, you know, I've heard bishops say, they said, you know, if we would have had this propedeutic year, maybe that man never would have reached holy orders. And he would have come to realize this uh, even before he was ordained, which then would create less scandal in the church, all of these things. So so mm -hmm. uh, I think there are some some good measures that the church is putting into practice uh, to help uh, address kind of the scandal that could be caused by a vocation uh, in terms of leaving it or um, or causing scandal by actions that are done. Mm. That's good. It's a, it, I, I, first I'm hearing of that. So that's great that the, I mean, obviously uh, in order for the church to survive and sustain itself, we have to find better ways to, you know, weed out the, the bad and, and encourage the good. Right. And this is good. I'm glad to hear that. So we talked a little bit about discouragement a few moments ago and Obviously, I think one of the things that we need to do then is kind of to create a, a better culture of vocation, if you will, maybe put a more positive spin around vocation. I think your uh, documentary vocation available from Array of Hope, that's one of the ways that we do create this culture. But how do we start talking positively about the call and creating kind of this this uh, environment where someone's son or daughter or someone's son or grandson would consider the priesthood, a daughter would consider the religious life, et cetera. So how, how do we bring people to, to positively begin thinking and discerning that? Wow. That's, that's a big question, father. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I think there's a multiple of factors to that. I think it has to start with the family and uh, there, there has to be a, a devotion uh, to just raising families Catholic and, and, and authentically Catholic and, and, and showing the beauty of what it means to be Catholic. Um, and then uh, finding uh, parishes that embrace uh, just um, the liturgy and the mass to be, you know, traditional. I, I like a traditional mass. I like things to be orthodox. I, I love to sharing the beauty. I think the young people are attracted to beauty and tradition, believe it or not. Uh, and when they see that, um, there, it's just like any any other profession. There's a yearning. There's a desire. That that's beautiful. I I'm touched by this. Maybe you know that's how. I think we need to touch young men early on through the family um, and also through the church to show the beauty of the Eucharist, the power of the sacraments and offer maybe a, a, a deeper, uh, uh, just a deeper resource for formation, maybe double up on our CCD programs and incorporate some sort of messaging for, you know, for vocation even early on that will instill sort of like a seed, a seed of grace in young men's in mind and heart early on. And I think, you know, um, that's, this question's a little bit above my pay grade. I think it's pretty, uh, it's it's really got to be a massive undertaking to really encourage, you know, the uh, the culture to make people want to become a, a priest, you know, uh, uh uh, and I think that um, it's important, you know, I think even sharing the importance of the priesthood and what a priest does, you know, uh, administering the sacraments are, is beautiful. I mean, um, what, you know, what greater act, I, I can't, I mean, Father, you you would know better than I, what greater act is there than to, to you know, um, 
consecrate the Eucharist, the holy mackerel. But, you know, every time you do that, it's a miracle. You know, I guess just trying to to share the 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 beauty and what is actually happening, you know, in in the everyday routine of a priest, a man that has devoted his life to Christ and being really, you know, an apostle, right? I mean, eventually you're, you're really walking in that life. You're, you're, um, you know, the apostolic succession. You know, I often share with people is that, you know, we're the only religion that can be traced directly back to Christ himself, you know, uh, which is really powerful. I don't think a lot, of, we do tons of retreats and we always share that, say, hey, you know, the priest here that's walking around here, he has a direct lineage right back to Christ. There aren't many religions, there aren't any religions that can express that except the Orthodox religion, but that's a different, you know, conversation as you might know. But I think, I just I just think they're sharing the faith in a way that's loving and, and exciting and encouraging is where we need to start to encourage vocation. Uh, you're a layman working in the church. Uh, yeah. you have a ministry that you're a part of, a ray of hope. So God has called you, and kind of this has become a part of your vocation uh, within the within your vocation in a sense. So um, I, I'm wondering though, kind of as you uh, have this this documentary on discerning a call to the priesthood, uh, hopefully to inspire other vocations to come forward. Have you ever kind of seen a man or accompanied a man? Like, is there someone close in your life, like maybe from your parish or your family that entered the seminary uh, to begin the process of formation for priesthood? Is that something that you've personally witnessed? Um, I've walked with some men that um, I didn't know them before they discerned to be a priest, but as they entered seminary and went to college and studied, you know, theology, uh, I've walked with some men and experienced their lives and, and saw that. And, and and some discerned out and some actually became priests. Um, so it is it is beautiful to witness. I mean, it it's it's like anything else. You have to it, it takes time, right? I don't even know how long it, you know, was it seven years or something like that before you can become a priest or yeah, something like, like seven to nine now, I think. Yeah. 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 So um uh in that regard, uh, and answer your question, um, it is a beautiful thing to witness uh, because you you see the discipline that's required. I mean, you have to be disciplined in your prayer life. You have to be disciplined, you know, um, and and strengthen certain virtues that uh, are tempting you away from the priesthood. You know, uh, temptations. Uh, that will lure you away to what God is calling you. So there's a there's a spiritual strengthening that I I've witnessed in men and seen in men. Uh, there's a spiritual growth that I've seen. Um, it, it's beautiful. Yeah. Have you witnessed an ordination ceremony or been a part of a first mass? Sure, sure, many times. I mean, we filmed a couple for this for this documentary, uh, and I've also you know exp I had some. Again, some men that I've walked with and known as uh, brothers or deacons that became priests and gone to an ordination mass, and they're beautiful, they're powerful, you know. And like I was sharing you before, you know, laying the hands on, you know, from the bishop, you know, uh, it, it's really, it's really something. Yeah, one of the moving things uh, in that regard is the manaturgium. Uh, have you seen this exchange where? So the priest's hands are anointed uh, at ordination. Then they're wrapped in this cloth, like a corporal or a purificator. And then at the first mass, 
the priest will give that cloth to his mother, and his mother, when he she dies, will uh, have that manaturgium in her hands, uh, in the casket, with, along with her rosary, probably. So my mother died back in 2017. I was already ordained. So so yes, my mother had the manaturgium. So that's a beautiful little uh, custom there is, and then also too, um, the the father. Uh, the, will typically receive the stole, the first stole of which the priest's son heard a confession. And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier again about discouragement and vocation, but uh, I think seeing one of those, uh, one of those things unfold, kind of the handing on of the manaturgium and the purple stole and kind of the idea there, kind of the tradition being that once uh, you know, the mother meets the Lord at the gates or gives the, the account of her life, She'll say, I gave you a son, or the father will say, I gave you a son in ministry to the church. And, and so there's, a, so it's the gift that the parents make. So, so that's yeah. kind of a, a beautiful little note of encouragement, I guess, to families. Uh, maybe they're unaware of that custom, but, but I think that's always just something very beautiful to see at one of those first masses. You're right. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. It's, uh, I remember seeing that and I didn't understand it at the time. And then actually one of my friends that was being ordained explained it to me. And I thought that was really beautiful. And, and to your point, that would, you know, maybe to invite someone that's hearing the calling to an ordination to see that and witness that would be pretty powerful. If someone is even discerning the priesthood, inviting to them to one of those masses, it'd be, could be tr pretty transformative. Yeah. This is a podcast called how they love Mary and, Mary was a role in my vocation just through some of her apparitions, going on pilgrimage, really kind of convicted my heart to serve as a priest. And so uh, have you witnessed or what role do you think Mary plays uh, in the discernment of a vocation as maybe you saw it, maybe as you, you guys did vocation and interviewed these guys and they shared their story, maybe the Blessed Mother uh, stood out in that story. So any uh, words about Mary and vocation? Um. Certainly, you know, she's mentioned, uh, I, I think uh, there's a strong Marian devotion in the young upcoming uh, men that are discerning and in in, um, in seminary. Um, we didn't highlight it too much. Maybe we should have, Father. Uh, but uh, I, I know that uh, she's a powerful force uh, in any vocation. Uh, e even for me, when you were talking about, you know, you know, this vocation that I've chosen here, and I chose this later in life, and I only established my own personal relationship with our Blessed Mother later on, you know, and I uh, later consecrated myself and my family to Our Lady, and then consecrated a ray of hope to Our Lady a year after that, and uh, it was a, a game changer for me, you know, and, and I had to learn and understand our Blessed Mother uh, and really uh, try to, you know, uh, uh, connect the dots because I didn't understand, you know, early on, I wasn't really exposed to a Marian devotion early on in life. And it was only later that it, it all made sense, you know? And uh, so, um, but it, it's powerful as, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you, your whole ministry wow. rests. In that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, because uh, probably two or three decades ago, a man who would say, I want to be a priest and they prayed the rosary, they would, probably be turned away from seminary. And now you have seminaries praying the rosary together as a community. So we've seen yeah. a complete shift. 
Uh, Fulton Sheen famously wrote in, uh, you know, uh, his his two books on the priests, those mysterious priests and the priest is not his own. He wrote about the necessity of marrying devotion in the life of a priest. And mm. and I think that's so true uh, that Mary's prayers or intercession helps us with our faith, our obedience, with our purity and chastity, all of these different things uh, that really Mary's example. And just the fact that she said yes at the Annunciation, let it be done to me according to your word. Yeah. Yes helps me to say yes to whatever God is asking and whatever God's will is for me uh, in the present moment. So so I think she is a great uh, encourager of vocations, much like your uh, documentary vocation available from Array of Hope will be for those who watch it. So so would you recommend uh, people watching this, you know, maybe showing it to high school kids or kind of who's your intended targeted audience? How can uh, yeah. get the word out about it? You know, once I started to seeing the rough edits that our team was putting together, um, I was encouraged that it was a film really that anyone and everyone should see um, because uh, it will spark an interest in someone that is here in the calling, but it also will inform and give people a sense of what these men uh are like and and what the process is and what the journey is like. And I think that's important, uh, even if you're not even Catholic, to, uh, to, to check that out. So in answer to your question, definitely high schools, definitely even grammar schools, and and definitely, you know, watch it as a family. I've had friends of mine that have said they watched it as a family and they learned a lot of things and and they had a, they have a different perspective as a result of watching the film of what the priesthood is and what it can be in someone's life. So um I think it could be uh, transformative. I think it could be informative. And I think it could be inspirational all in one viewing. And it's really short, Father. It's only 32 minutes. Um, so you can kind of, you know, you can get all that in one breath. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, have you guys submitted it for any awards or anything like that? Like I, I made a documentary. We did film festivals with the documentary. Yeah. Is that anything you guys intended to do? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. Yeah, we're in the process of, of submission and doing all that. Uh, we're also uh, eventually probably going to have it on an, 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 an additional streaming platform in addition to our own channel so it can get even a greater exposure. And we're probably going to be doing that at the beginning of next year. So the first quarter, January, February, March, somewhere around then, that's when we'll be making that introduction. Yeah, this has been a wonderful conversation, Mario, about vocation and array of hope. Uh, what's the website for Array of Hope? Again, just if uh, people are curious and want to check out more. Yeah, it's A-R-R-A-Y of hope.org. And as a matter of fact, if you just go on our website as well and click the watch button, you'll land right on our channel. And then you'll be able to see everything that is offered on our channel. And you'll be able to navigate right to vocation. Just put in vocation and you'll find it right away. Is there one other video on your platform that you'd recommend us like vocation? Let's say that's number one recommendation right now. What's the second one you'd send us to watch? We have, we have the Mother Teresa film, uh, Greater Love, I think it's called, that the Knights of Columbus produced that won all kinds of awards and was on, you know, we have, we carry that. Uh, we carry a lot of other really cool films. We have a, a film called the Happiest Mothers and Daughters, a series that discusses uh, a, a relationship between a mother and daughter as a woman uh, matures. Uh, we have something called Beheading Hydra, which is a series with Father Dwight Longenecker, really powerful priest. Uh, we have another series, Spirit Strength, which is about a young man that uses the discipline of exercise and to developing your spiritual strength. We have a lot of really good stuff on there, Father, I have to say. So can I recommend one in particular? 
I just did recommend it a couple, but we have a lot of really good stuff on there. Uh, in addition to short little bits of hope films, like things that are like five minutes that you can watch on the saints. We have a whole series on the saints. Uh, we have a whole series on everyday heroes, people, ordinary people that are doing extraordinarily think extraordinarily powerful things within the church and within their communities and their culture that are inspiring. So there's a lot of really good family content on there that I think anybody would enjoy. Well, this is all wonderful that you've shared this. I think a lot of people are familiar with Formed or Hallow, but I think we need to familiar, familiarize ourselves with Array of Hope. And I'm glad we had this conversation and could talk about vocation Thank today. So thanks so much, Great. Mario, for your time. God bless you, Father, and all your work. Thank you.